Awesomely relentless booty music there, courtesy of Big Frida. Big Frida, the queen diva of New Orleans bounce. And uh, he would be the first to admit that. We heard from his new CD called Just Be Free. We heard most of it. And uh, that was a beautiful thing, I think. I hope. If you worked out... If you were moving during that entire set there, then you just lost 35 pounds. It's that simple. This is awesome. This is better than low carb. So, from Just Be Free, we heard, going backwards here, Yatutse, Explode, Where My Queen's At, Old Lady, Lift That Leg Up, Jump On It, N.O. Bounce Dangerous, and Turn the Beat Up. So you kind of get a sense that this is not chock full of ballads. It is on the Queen Diva music label. Just came out. Big Frida, Just Be Free. And boy, oh boy, I would love to see him play in this area sometime real soon. Maybe we can get him up here. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. This has been Novel Generica, the new music program. That is on every Monday night at 6 o'clock. Coming up is Gray Matters ever so shortly. Let me uh, remind you that you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. 
And we will turn things over to uh, Jim, Jim and Jim, uh, ever so shortly. But uh, first, let me uh, play a little massage here, and uh, we'll get back to you real soon. Calling all robots. Calling all robots. Calling all robots. Calling all robots. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, the University of Michigan student run radio station, is looking for a few good robots or students to do the DJ thing, like on the radio, you know? For information on how to get involved with WCBN, email training at wcbn.org. That's training at wcbn.org. And remember, we are the robots. at 7 p.m. every Monday evening for Yazoo City Calling, an hour-long show of blues roots music from the early half of the 20th century. Your rotating hosts include myself, Morgan Drake, and the show's creator, Jerry Mack. Come check it out.
Well, hello, good evening, and welcome to Gray Matters, your weekly current events, media analysis, and commentary program. My name is Jim Dwyer, and I'll be hosting uh, the show tonight. And I've done the show uh, on my own a number of times <clears throat> over the years. Uh, but this is probably going to be one of the more difficult shows uh, to do by myself because the first topic uh, on the agenda tonight is actually the program itself and uh, the senior partner on the program, my co-host, uh, Dick Whaley. Uh, so I have to talk a little bit about uh, an unfortunate setback that uh, Mr. Whaley has uh, unfortunately experienced uh, last Monday, uh, Dick Whaley was hospitalized. Um, I found out the next day. It was unusual for him not to be here for the show. Of course, he's been traveling a lot lately, going out to New York. And uh, I've covered the show in his absence. Uh, but when he wasn't here last Monday, I had a sneaking feeling something wasn't quite right. Indeed, I found out the next day he had been hospitalized. Uh, he has suffered a, a series of heart attacks. And so he will not be uh, joining the program tonight or probably for uh, some weeks to come. Uh, it's been a very emotional week, uh, sort of touch and go there for a while. It uh, looked pretty bad. Um, at the first, I headed up to the hospital as uh, soon as my work day was done on that day that I heard and uh, have been there a couple of times since. Uh, it's nice to know that a lot of uh, folks from WCBN and other uh, friends of uh, Dick Whaley's have been up to visit him. <clears throat> uh, as of today, there are some uh, positive and uh, hopeful signs, uh, but this is going to be a, uh, a difficult uh, hurdle to overcome. And uh, it's uh, ironic and unfortunate that uh, a guy who's... Uh, such a good friend and who, as as they say, a, a big heart should be uh, troubled uh, by his heart at this point. <clears throat> uh, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, the way in which we've covered for each other. Uh, of course, I began co-hosting Grand Matters back in 1995 in April of that year when the uh, Murrah building was bombed in Oklahoma City. Uh, of course, I had been a longtime fan of the Gray Matters program since uh, my wife Mars and I arrived in town in 1986, and I used to tape record every uh, episode of the program and uh, sort of keep my own archive of it. That was back in the days when uh, the program was hosted by a triumvirate of uh, highly opinionated thinkers, uh, Henry Hardy, Des Preston, and Dick Whaley. And although everyone had uh, their own sort of special area of expertise, uh, it was a sort of a more argumentative program uh, at that time, a little bit of uh, discussion uh, and discourse among the three of them, some disagreements that made for great radio. And uh, the intensity level of the program was matched by the uh, intensity level of the personalities uh, off mic as well. But uh, Dick Whaley has always been a very even-tempered guy, a very mellow guy. Uh, a lot of people in town know him as a, a big music fan. You see him around at a lot of uh, local events musically. And, of course, he's the guy who actually convinced me, uh, Jim, you really do need to go to the uh, Ann Arbor Film Festival. Uh, 
every year. And that was uh, a big determiner for me, and that's uh, something I've become heavily involved in since his uh, constant encouragement for that. So I've, uh, I began my uh, participation in the program as a fan before I uh, sat in. Well, it's a university uh, radio station, of course, and there is some uh, degree of turnover. People come, people go, new students arrive, other people uh, depart for various reasons. And it's so past that uh, Dick Whaley was hosting the program by himself. And I continue to listen to it, of course, but uh, you could tell that uh, you know program suffers with a uh, sort of a single-voiced outlook, and that's why I've tried to bring a little bit of music to the program when I'm doing it myself lately. Uh, but when the uh, explosion in Oklahoma City occurred, uh, I it just so happened that at that uh, moment, I was taking a course at Eastern Michigan University that semester taught by Russ Ballant on uh, right-wing uh, uh, neo-fascist and hate groups. Um, and of course, Russ Ballant is a published author on those sort of uh, neo-Nazi movements, uh, white supremacy things. And all the talking heads on the mainstream media, the, the day, in fact, hour after the uh, building had been bombed in Oklahoma City, uh, the mainstream media experts, so-called, were saying, uh, it's unclear uh, as of yet who did this act uh, or why uh, Arab terrorists would want to strike Oklahoma. Well, because of my studies, I knew right away this ain't no Arab terrorist group. This is going to turn out to be homegrown local right-wing boys. And indeed it did. So I approached Dick Whaley at that time and said, hey, I'd like to help you out on the show. If uh, you'll have me as a junior partner, and I still refer to myself as the junior partner, um, the, I will continue doing the program uh, to keep it on the air. It's, uh, I think, an important program for us to have locally. And I can't claim uh, to have the expertise of Dick Whaley in domestic politics, especially electoral politics. Uh, his track record for predicting the outcomes of races is really astonishing. Uh, I think that comes from his uh, longtime sports enthusiasm, too. He's a big sports fan of all the major sports, especially baseball, though. And, of course, baseball fans uh, tend to be really into the statistical analysis and the recall of uh, seasons and hitting records and so forth. And I think that uh, is the kind of brain that uh, Dick Whaley has and that uh, we've all enjoyed listening to here on the air. Uh, I don't have the uh, instant recall for names of obscure politicians and so forth uh, that he does, but uh, my professional credentials, if uh, anybody is interested, are really pretty much uh, life experience, uh, a wide range of reading. I do have a master's degree in literature and a, a double major in lit and language as well as history. Uh, so I'm not a political science student, but... Uh, Ever since having heard The Clash's first record as a teenager, uh, I knew from their phrase uh, in the song Garage Land that uh, I had to sharpen up my bullshit detector. And that's really, I think, one of the main focuses and purpose of the program Gray Matters is to sort of get everybody's bullshit detector uh, up and running, point things out that are hypocritical, 
things that are duplicitous, uh, things that are ambiguous, the very name of the program, Gray Matters, which, of course, uh, I, I don't want to go into the full history of the program and the actual founders of the program, a gentleman named Bruce, whose last name I unfortunately do not remember at the moment. I know some listeners out there will uh, will know that, but don't call me now because I'm on mic uh, and I'm engineering myself here out of FM. So, um, There may, as a result of Dick's prolonged absence, be uh, some variations uh, over this particular semester in the program. Uh, I have 15 years of experience as an educational lecturer, and I'm very interested in the ambiguity of language and um, the ways in which language works against meaning uh, inadvertently and uh, sometimes willfully. And so I may from time to time take a break from actual current events and and talk about language itself uh, as part of this program's continued existence. But uh, at this juncture, I guess let me just encourage uh, all regular listeners of the program to uh, keep a good thought and to keep uh, Dick Whaley in your thoughts and prayers if you use them. And uh, we're all hoping and uh, wishing for a speedy recovery. And uh, I'll keep you posted as uh, things develop. Uh I do want to talk about some actual specific events this week, and then because it's been sort of an emotionally stressful week, uh, boy, the hospital is a large place. Uh, I've been in and out of the hospital several times uh, on visits here, and I'm finally beginning to uh, remember the passages and hallways there. Uh, I have a niece who works at the hospital, and uh, we're very lucky, of course, to have one of the best hospitals in North America right here in town. And so for my sister, who's taking me to the Elvis Costello concert tonight, and her daughter, and who both work in the healthcare profession, and anybody who works in the uh, healthcare service provider, uh, I hope this country can figure out a way to uh, get everybody the healthcare that they deserve access to, and the people who do that work uh, can't be thanked enough. They should probably be paid more, like teachers. Now that I'm retired from being a teacher, I can openly say that on mic. I considered it to be a uh, conflict of interest for me to say such things. I didn't really talk much about education uh, while I was uh, certified as a local high school teacher. But since I have retired from that job, I now speak more openly about education issues. And... uh, I will do a little bit of that tonight, but uh, a thank you to uh, everybody up there in the uh, ICU for uh, helping my good friend Dick Whaley uh, make it through a very difficult week. Well, uh, that having been said, let's do what we uh, often do here on Gray Matters at the beginning of the show is uh, whip out some brain damage awards, and I do have a couple here. The first of which is something I wanted to do last week. Didn't get a chance because it was Labor Day and I wanted to talk about that. Didn't get a chance the week before because uh, Dick had just returned from New York and we had a lot to talk about. So I'll do it now, even though this is something that happened a couple of weeks ago. I'm not really sure if the Ann Arbor Public Schools themselves deserve a brain damage award for this, but uh, in part, I I guess they do. Uh, I have a lot of friends, of course, who are still teachers, and I found out that 
In the week before classes begin, teachers are required to go to professional development meetings. And these are sometimes useful, often not. Uh, often it's just a bunch of the, the latest uh, jargon and mumbo jumbo from somebody who sold a, uh, an educational program that they want to get paid to do public speaking for. Uh, but this year there was a very bizarre uh, training exercise that my uh, teacher friends had to endure. Uh, I won't mention the school because all the schools had to do it. But uh, I got a message from one of my friends that, uh, gee, today at professional training, uh, someone shot blanks at me and I had to crawl out of a window. I thought, well, that's bizarre. Uh, it turns out it was an active shooter in the building drill. Well, since Columbine, there have been drills in schools. Uh, you have a severe weather drill. You have uh, other, you know, fire drill. We're all familiar with those. But, of course, since Columbine, there's been shooter drills or intruder in the building, as they sometimes call it, to de-emphasize the gunplay element. Oh, that de-emphasis. That's a problem. Uh, but it used to be that, you know, teachers would just turn the lights out, lock the door, and take everybody in a corner away from the eyesight of the door and just lurk in the corner and wait for the all-clear signal. Well, this year they're encouraging teachers to uh, actively build a uh, fortress between yourself and the door and then to escape out the window. And on the one hand, yeah, it's nice to give teachers the empowerment to say you don't need to just sit there and lurk in the corner. You can try to make a run for it if you feel that uh, the opportunity is there. But I do think it's kind of sad that this is the best we can do. Uh, this country thinks of itself so highly on the world stage, and yet we can't protect school children from the gun manufacturer's lobby. That, to me, is just so startling and upsetting. Um, furthermore, and here's where the Ann Arbor Public Schools uh, get the brain damage award, because they're probably at some level obligated to, for insurance purposes, no doubt, to say, check off the box, you know, yes, we have done an active shooter drill. Uh, so on some level, their hands are tied. They've got to do it. But quite frankly, uh, shooting blanks at somebody and making them crawl out of a window is in no way going to prepare anyone for the actual chaos that would ensue in an actual shooting event. You never know how you're going to react until it happens. No drill in the world can prepare you for that. You know, our armed forces go through a couple of months of basic training and some of those guys freak out in the fields, as well they should, because they're being shot at. There's not much you can do except try to survive the moment. So it's sad that that's what uh, society has come to, but uh, there must be a better way. And I am convinced that it it's probably going to have to be teachers, although they're losing uh, pay, uh, they're losing prestige. It's very easy to beat up on teachers. Uh, of course, the uh, John Birch Society uh, ambition back in the early 60s of getting rid of public schools altogether is coming closer and closer to being true based on the uh, transition right here in Michigan to a right-to-work state um, and the uh, disempowering of labor unions across the country. I talked about that a little bit last week on Labor Day. Uh but I suspect that it might just have to be teachers who stand up and say, you know what, 
somebody has to do something about keeping the guns away from schools. Uh, I know teachers are afraid to strike because, well, nobody wants to strike. Nobody wants to lose their job. But it seems to me that it's going to take something extreme like a a coast-to-coast teacher sit-down strike and say, you know what, until there's some sort of sane approach to the gun mania that we allow the Second Amendment to uh, unfurl upon those of us who also have rights, we choose not to bear arms, um, I don't know what it's going to take, you know. The troubled youth walking into a grade school and shooting a bunch of small children didn't do it. What will? I don't know. Maybe uh, the teachers uh, can pull something together and help us out there. Uh, On another subject, uh, today is, of course, uh, September 8th. And in a couple of days, we will be commemorating uh, another passing of the September 11th date. And, of course, that just used to be any other day. But uh, since the cataclysmic events of September 11th, 2001, uh, that's been a special day. How special? Well, it depends on where you're at in the context of which uh, you're acknowledging it. Uh Younger children, of course, now don't remember it, and so it's funny how memories do fade. The intensity and the fear of the day itself have faded for us. Uh, The war that George W. Bush uh, declared in its wake has been disastrous, both for the world itself and our economy, and, of course, the well-being of our armed forces and their own families. Uh, So it was uh, one disaster that led to another disaster that led to a handful of other disasters. So uh, clearly it's a sort of an epochal moment in American history. But it's not so tragic and devastating that someone can't figure out a way to profit from it. And in the brand new Harper's Magazine, uh, September uh, edition, uh, there's an item uh, on page 15 entitled, uh, Freedom Isn't Free. It's a list of items... Uh, online and available from the National September 11th Memorial and Museum. And so uh, here's a way to uh, profit from the tragedy by selling these memorial items at really shockingly high rates. Uh, Would you like a 9-11 memorial coffee mug? Why, it's only $10.95. What better way to acknowledge the sacrifice of the first responders than enjoying a cup of coffee? That's absurd and offensive. I mean, a a commemorative coffee mug? You know, we offer WCBN coffee mugs uh, when you pledge your support during our fund drive. Um, But this is kind of weird, I think. Uh, There's a memorial pool mouse pad. Uh, there is the 911 Nalgene water bottle, only twenty ninety five. What a bargain! And every sip of water you take will refresh the font of liberty itself, no doubt. Uh, now, the most expensive item on the list here is the lunchtime on the World Trade Center silk scarf. I don't know if this is true, but my suspicion is that somebody found a box or two of these in a warehouse after the fact and thought, wow, you know, they used to sell these up on the restaurants up on the top uh, for like 20 bucks. Man, we can cash in big time on these now. They're $95, people. $95 for your own 
Silk Scarf Lunchtime on the World Trade Center. I don't know how some people can look at themselves in the mirror uh, when uh, you imagine all the suffering and pain that has come in the wake of that dreadful day. I'm going to make a little money off it. Why not? Well... There will be lots of other things to talk about next week. Uh, There's some interesting developments in NATO's attempts to uh, sort of coalesce a newfound uh, reason for being uh, in response to uh, Vladimir Putin's maneuvers in the Ukraine. And I will talk a little bit about that because, as longtime listeners will know, uh, Dick Whaley and I have been pointing out for over a decade now that NATO really serves no purpose anymore. Uh, and that uh, part of what Putin is doing is in a response towards NATO's attempts to grow in his backyard. You know, how would the American people take it if uh, there started to be, you know, Russian military bases in the Yucatan, for example? Well, that's what happens. Uh, we have military bases near Georgia. So that's Putin's backyard. I'm not excusing Putin from his maneuvers or anything. I'm just saying that there's a context there. Well, uh, that's about all the time we have uh, for now. But I do want to uh, play one little thing here uh, from YouTube, uh, from one of Dick Whaley and mine's favorite movies. I think he and I can quote this thing word for word all the way through. We, we joke about it and talk about it all the time. So uh, by way of sending him some uh, some good vibes, I'm going to play a little clip from uh, the great Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove. And uh, Weston, uh, I think, will forgive me a moment or two of intrusion into uh, Yazoo City Calling, which is coming up next year, of course, on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Uh, here is Dr. G- General Jack D. Ripper. Total commitment. Mandrake, do you recall what Clemenceau once said about war? Uh, no, I didn't think I knew that, yeah. He said war was too important to be left to the generals. When he said that, 50 years ago, he might have been right. But today, war is too important to be left to politicians. They have neither the time the training, nor the inclination for strategic thought. I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, communist subversion, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. (laughs) 